Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today on the show, we have Allie Hansen. Hi, Allie. Boo. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Like I mentioned when we got on here, Timothy and I are, are, are new fans of you, but fans nonetheless. So um, very excited to chat today. Before we get into it, do you mind introducing yourself to our listeners and giving us a background on how you got into photography? Yeah, um, I am a full-time film photographer in Richmond, Virginia. I moved to Virginia last year from Alabama. Um, oh, cool. I'm sort of a pandemic photographer oh. in the sense of I just uh started shooting when i lost my job during the first part of the actual lockdown you know Mm. when everyone was actually like couldn't go anywhere in america and i started taking those porch portraits that everyone was into yeah oh yeah Uh i just sort of um was a snowball effect from there like it was all on accident yeah Uh, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I got really into, like, I spent the whole summer falling into a YouTube rabbit hole mm-hmm. of learning as much as I could about how to actually use the camera. And it was a digital camera. I had not shot film or anything. And uh, the more I would post portraits, people started offering to pay me. And um, it just sort of accidentally turned into a real business. Wow. And I started shooting film on accident as well because I <laughs> always swore that I would never shoot film. I knew that I loved the look of film and I knew that when people hired me, they'd be like, oh, that's not film. And of course, now when I look back at my old photos, I'm like, that is so clearly digital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was definitely, you know, editing it to try to look like uh-huh. film or whatever. And um, I... Moved here last summer and a month into moving here, passed the Polaroid aisle at Target. And I was like, hmm, I've never had one of those. That could be fun. And I bought it to take a photo of my aunt, photos of my animals. And uh, it sent me down the most obsessive (laughs) (laughs) rabbit hole I've ever gone down. And I never looked back. (laughs) I love that it was Polaroid. That's so good. So fucking, or can I say that? I don't oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> you know, just I mean, personally, I'm not a huge fan of it now that I've like shot all the others. It's like yeah, you know, yeah. one of the ones they sell at Target, the big one step or something yeah. like that. I, but of course, now I best off the one I reach for. But it right. was like life changing at the time. Wow. What What was your What was your job before? Huh. A million different jobs. Yeah. I've worked every possible career path you could possibly think of. I have quit everything I have ever started, every hobby, every job. I am just notorious for not sticking with anything. Mm. Yeah. But the job that I lost when the pandemic hit, I was working as a barista, which was definitely the most enjoyable job I've had thus yeah. far. And I think that if for some reason photography stopped working out, I would go work at a coffee shop again because it's definitely 
for me, the least soul-sucking out of all the other things I've done. Right. So, yeah. I, just, I mentioned this before. This is, like, my favorite part of the show where we hear everybody's, like, aha moments of, like, this is when it happened, you know? And it's crazy to think about yours because it wasn't supposed to happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it happened when now I know, you know, all my friends in the industry, it happened when for them, everything was falling apart. Sure, yeah. sure. You yeah, know, like mm-hmm. the thought of being a wedding photographer in 2020, uh-huh. like I don't think I could have got, gone through all the things that my friends had to go through right. that year. But I was just shooting portraits, so. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a one specific job that went away that I if I was able to still have that, it would have been very helpful because it was like a consistent gig that would have just been like fun and paid well, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, great. Now I could like maybe sustain, really sustain, you know? And then it was like the week, I had two things the week of the pandemic that were like, well, we'll reconvene and then mm-hmm. <laughs> never happened. Disappeared. One came back around, so that's good, but. Well, that's good. I'm yeah. glad. But yeah, so stressful for everybody involved <laughs> back yeah. then. Yeah, and it's I I was thinking about that the other day. I forget who I was talking to. One of the teachers at my job, we were just talking about how sometimes you forget the pandemic even happened, Mm. at least for me. Mm. Like sometimes I'm just back in it, you know, I'm living a dream. Yeah, Yeah, it's a dream for real. I'll find in the drawer like a box of masks or something. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's right. That was crazy. (laughs) Or all the like discarded half full bottles of uh, hand sanitizer and stuff. And I'm just like, that's right. Like, man. I guess we hang yeah. on to it, you know, I don't, <laughs> but it's just so weird because I feel like we've been hearing that a decent amount since the pandemic, though, like a lot of people kind of took the leap mm-hmm. of faith into yeah. You yeah. Know, careers that, that, that they want to do instead of have to do. Well, it's so interesting because I feel like every photographer I talk to has the same story of, oh, I've just always loved, you know, using my parents camera mm-hmm. or or taking photos my whole life. And I mean, I certainly was always that friend taking photos on my phone, but it was never of anything. It was just like, you know, action shots of we're at a restaurant. Oh, we're at the coffee shop. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I, I was never like artistic and I still don't consider myself artistic at all. Like I don't oh, have an art brain. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you no, do. No, Look no, at those photos. Not, yeah. It's, it's not in a, a self-deprecating way. It's God. like, I think that's why I'm in so documentary st- style with how I shoot. I I can't I can't envision something in my head and bring yeah, it to life. I see. And only photograph what's right in front mm-hmm. of me. Okay. And so I was never that person growing up or at any time. Like I I I was so not into photography that when I got married eight years ago, I didn't pay anything for my photographer. Mm. <laughs> um, I didn't understand anything about the industry right. or or. I didn't care what my wedding photos looked like, you know? Yeah. And so it all definitely happened on accident. It happened later in life. Uh, I'm 28 now. So, yeah. (laughs) Interesting. I've never thought of it that way because a lot of, you know, people that do spend the money for a good wedding photographer and stuff, they're clearly into the art. Yeah. They have to be or at least, you know, want good looking photos and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Because I, you know, before I fell back into it, I wouldn't have thought twice about a something like that a good mm-hmm. photo you know it would have just been it makes it really hard when you're the bride <laughs> yeah oh, and, i could i could like only i now. searched and searched and searched for photographer and i was finding like i wanted a film so it's funny i wanted a film photographer because that's like you know I, i'm like that's my brand <laughs> you know 
And then everything that I saw was all, which I kind of wanted to talk to you about this and your work. Um, it was all like the contact 645, the, you know, the light and airy, beautiful. Blood. And I was just like, this is just boring. Like, it's not mm. like no mm. disrespect. I'm not saying that, but you know what I mean? Like, I love that you say that because there's actually a story that I thought might become relevant and yeah. now it's relevant. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was getting started in 2020 and my start was with very cinematic editorial, like portraits of people. I was like, oh, do I want to work in the magazine world? You yeah. know, like that was like what I was, the, the little trail I was following. And there's this incredible photographer in Birmingham who I don't want to name her since what I'm about to tell you could come off as potentially rude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> friend and she's amazing. And her work is still to this day, she's not even a career photographer. And it's some of the craziest work I've ever seen. It mm. it belongs in in magazines, you wow. know? And I remember that I asked her to hang out one day when I was first getting started and I asked her, you know, oh, I'd like to take some photos of you. And like, you know, I was really intimidated to be even, even be hanging out with her because yeah. I just thought her work was so incredible. And we started talking about, you know, what makes a good photographer and like all those different things. And she said to me point blank, and I remember being offended at the time. And mm. now I'm like, no, this is what fuels me now. Mm. She said... It's just that I find every photo I see online so boring. Yeah. Mm. And at the time, I felt a little offended because I was like, wait, does that mean that when you see all the stuff I'm yeah, showcasing? Yeah, 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 yeah. But in hindsight, it's what pushed me to be better because now I feel the same way. I'm so bored by everything I see online. Yeah. And that's what fuels me to not take a better photo, but try to see something a little more interesting, you mm. know? Not that my work is interesting. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I am very bored by most photography and now I understand exactly what she was saying. Yeah. So I know what you mean when, you know, there are a lot of even wedding photographers who offer film who their film is still the same, you know, Fuji light and airy yeah, right. look that goes along with their digital work. Right. You know? Right. Um, right. And that's, uh, just not for everybody, you know. And I, like I said, it's hard to not for you to like fall into that. Well, that's what everybody else is doing. That's what I got to do, you know, because I bought the, the, the six, four, five contacts and was like, I'm going to shoot weddings like this. And you know, I ended up going another completely different way with my photography. Now I'm on sets and stuff like that. But it's it's hard not to just be like, this is what it's supposed to be, you know, and not. And again, like no disrespect, all those those people that are making that work. It's incredibly beautiful. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? And it works for them. But I ended up actually hiring a digital photographer because I just loved her style and her work. It was like, I kept like going back around and I was like, I just, this has to be her. It's just, I like her work and I shoot digital for for my work too sometimes. So like, I can't, you know. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened, speaking of the pandemic, and we had to pivot the whole thing. But anyway. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. So, I mean, you were speaking of, I guess I wanted to say like, since you didn't fall into that trap, did you, was it a, it sounds like it was a conscious effort to go more um, documentary, more. I think when I realized, when I started like studying photography, because that's what I spent that entire summer doing, mm-hmm. you know, I exposed myself to a lot of different types of work and a lot of different ways of doing things. And um, also like the business side of things. Yeah. And it wasn't really a conscious decision of, I'm going to shoot this way. It was more just like, well, I hate that. I hate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And it was 
also sort of probably the like lifelong rebel in me, hence quitting every 20 jobs I've ever had. <laughs> that was like, well, if I'm going to be freelance, I'm just going to do what I want. Right. What's the point of working for yourself if, you know, you don't get to do what you want? Um, so for me, it wasn't really like a conscious choice, really. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going after this look or this style. It was just like, I know what I don't want to shoot or mm -hmm. how I don't want to shoot. And that's not to say that it unfolded perfectly. I mean, you know, even after, you know, I learned a lot in 2020 about curation, about mm -hmm. what kind of people I did want to be photographing, what kind of things I wanted to be photographing, work that, you know, there's work that I'm still proud of from 2020, 2021. They're great photos, but they'll never be on my website again because yeah. it was it was me learning and doing trial and error with what what type of work do I actually want to be shooting? You know, it, it was never on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it became on purpose about two years in, but the yeah. first year and a half, two years, it was like, oh, I'm making money, like not a lot, but I'm making yeah. a little bit of money. This is kind of cool. It's fun. And then I realized, oh shit, I think I could make this bigger for yeah. me. You know? So what was what was the steps into being where you are today? Was it like you started off second shooting? You kind of mm. just I've did a friend's wedding? Chat. Oh, <laughs> never bless your heart. Bless your heart. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> I probably never will unless one of my friends was like in a, in a bind or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I would enjoy second shooting because I'm too much of a control freak. Mm. You know, like I want to I want to be the one. Yeah. Making the decisions. So I purchased a, an online course at the end of 2021. Pretty much that course just like turned on the business side of my brain. Uh, okay. um, and it turns out that I didn't know this until then, but I have a business brain. I think a lot of really talented photographers and creatives in general, you know, you always hear the same thing. I'm an artist. I'm right. passionate about the art, but mm -hmm. I just, I hate the business side. I hate the advertising side. You have people who produce really amazing work, but they don't get booked because they're not good at the business mm -hmm. side or they don't enjoy it. And then you have people who create not the best work, but they're really good at the business mm -hmm. side and they stay busy. I found out in 2022 through implementing everything I learned that I'm not um, only pretty good at the business side of things, but I really enjoy it just as equally as I do shooting. Oh, cool. And it's really cool. interesting because I'm a high school dropout. I never got my GED. I never went to college. I wow. literally have no schooling. So it's a big surprise to me that, especially after experiencing so many jobs that I hated mm -hmm. of all different types of genres, I guess, that what my brain is good at is business. Like it's really, it doesn't make sense wow. yeah. for it, but I just really enjoy the business side of things. So I think it's sort of elevated and like served as sort of a secret weapon as I decided I wanted to like make this like a real full-time thing mm -hmm. because I have no problem tackling both sides of it, you know, which I feel really lucky to feel that way because I see my friends who are so incredibly talented but they struggle so hard with the business side. Like yeah. their brain doesn't enjoy it. They they can't make it work, you know? And I think that's totally valid. It makes total sense that someone who is so, you know, artistic and passionate wouldn't care about that. But again, I don't see myself as artistic. I see myself as someone who sees photos, you uh, know? Interesting, yeah. Mm. I'm not creative. I'm really not. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. I just wasn't expecting that. That's cool. And it, and it's weird because like some people, I don't know if it's, 
I don't know what it is about the business side of things, but I feel like some people kind of play pretend on that as well, where they're like, mm. it's so gross. Like the business aspect of art is is kind of yucky mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. But I mean, if you want to make it as yeah. a photographer, There's no other choice, right? yeah, you, you have to learn how film. to. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's like what I, I feel like that's what's gotten me this far is that it's like, okay, do it or don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine it would be harder for me if I truly hated the business side, of course. Yeah. But I think people who are super passionate about making this into a business are doing themselves a disservice to not push themselves a little harder for what they can do on the back end of things to make it into a business. Mm. And that's without me outsourcing anything. Like I feel like a lot of times these like, what is it called? Like life coaches and business yeah, yeah. They're like, all right, you hire someone to do this and do this mm-hmm, and do this. Mm-hmm. I've done everything myself. Every yeah. single thing I've done myself. I've never outsourced. I've never hired someone. Like, it is completely doable to do these things yourself. It's just that everyone has to go at their own pace. Right. You know, someone with kids is not going to, you mm. know, accomplish as much as fast as someone like me who literally has nothing else to do. Yeah. You know? Damn. Love it. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I was just sitting here thinking, like, I... I'm one of those people that like the business side. I like the networking. I like the, you know, coffee meetups. I like the, you know, all, all, all like the social media part of it. Like that, that part of the wedding business was also fun for me, but I know other people where I, <laughs> it's so much fun for me that even people like I have musician friends that I'd be like, let me promote your album. Let me, let me promote your website. All the time. I'm like, I for you yeah i was like i it's fun like i want to do that for you hey you guys know molly Fletcher that you had on yeah your podcast? oh yeah, yeah i love, love molly. molly so we're friends now because after the podcast i listened to her maybe like i don't know i don't know a few months ago but i reached out to her and i was like i want to be friends and yeah i <laughs> love it um and we were texting last night and uh she had made a post on threads you know the, the new thread yep. thing oh yeah she was advertising one of her services that i had no idea that she did and i ended up hiring her for it and we were texting and i was like hey several of my friends want to hire you for the same thing this is awesome because I, I i immediately told my friends about her yeah and i was like look what just happened from you just like making that one little post when yeah. i've never we talk about it before. Yep. Now you have me who just like already hired you and you yep. have some of my friends in your inbox. And mm. she sent me this long thing back and she was like, oh my God, you have no idea how much this means to me because like I almost didn't even post it because I was psyching myself up over right. it. Right. Like, um, you know, self-promotion is really hard for me, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And um, I was like, but look what happened from just saying one thing. Yeah. Just making the decision to say, fuck it post yeah you know yeah of course it doesn't always happen that way sometimes it'll happen slower you know you might not get bites right away right but it's a matter of resiliency and continuing to just put yourself out there even when you don't want to yeah, yeah. Um, totally because i'm very introverted people are very surprised to learn that because i definitely sort of have to i don't want to say upkeep a persona on my business no i totally understand what you're, t- what you're saying like <laughs> and the truth is you know, like, I mean, I have people who are like, I want to hang out with you. And I'm like, you don't understand. I don't hang out with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't hang, I don't hang out with yeah. people. I don't, Same I'm like, here. I just want to be at home. Yeah. Um. So people are sort of surprised to learn that. But I say that to say, it doesn't matter if you're introverted, you can still put yourself out there without violating your own boundaries, you know? Right. So true. 
And so true. Like I, yeah, I work yeah. in customer service. I've I've done it for like twenty years. You know what I mean? And and it's funny. I I used to always call it you know my performance or I'm acting through my shift because. Yeah. Boy, mm-hmm. am I outgoing at work. Like, I can yeah. really, I am your best friend. I am the best listener. I am just golden when it comes to that. I don't think I'm any of those things, but I do <laughs> have, to, have to, like, be sort of a different person when I'm shooting or talking to potential clients or, you know, I have to yeah. really yeah. act mm-hmm. interested. And, and I am interested, but, you know, it takes three to five business days for me to text my friends back. Right, uh-huh. right, right, uh-huh. right. right. The other stuff takes all my energy. Totally get that. Yeah. Wow. So so what made you make the, the first leap into like, I'm going to book a wedding without ever a second? I mean, I... I did it. It happened on accident. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In early 2021, actually, the, the same person I was referencing earlier, who now I understand what she means when she says she finds most work boring. I don't know the reason, but she had to back out of this wedding that she was going to shoot. And I guess she referred them to me. I don't know why still, because I've never, <laughs> I'd never tried yeah. but they contacted me and they were like, hey, so-and-so referred, referred us and like, we'd really like for you to shoot our wedding so that she can't anymore. And I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. And I just did it. Um, yeah. It be fair. There was no ceremony. It was one of those, you know, oh, we were supposed to get married in 2020 uh-huh. and the pandemic hit. So yep. instead we're just having a celebration a year later. To be fair, that's what it was. So it's not like I jumped full force into shooting. Like, no, but that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, but it was really good. I had no idea how I would like it. Or, um, and I actually, you know, I was so spooked and nervous and all mm. these things that I forced my husband to come with me. And actually, the bride had requested film. And I was like, I don't shoot film. I don't know how to shoot film, but my husband knows how to shoot film. Uh, He just shoots like usually on like a point and shoot. But I was like, would you be okay if he came and like just used his point and shoot, which at the time was an Olympus stylus. Mm -hmm. And great camera. He was like, oh yeah. Yeah. And he provided the film. And so I dragged Jordan with me and he shot just a shit ton of candid reception (laughs) shots while I, you know, shot on digital. And it's funny to this day, I have... (laughs) The photos, the like key photos he took, they're still on my website. (laughs) Nice. And he saw them like a year ago and he was like, you have my photos on your website. And I was like, you were working for me. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, I mean, he he shoots for fun, but he's super, super casual shooter, you know. Nice. I talk his ear off about this stuff every night and. He always sends me that meme that's like uh, when your girl won't shut up at night and it's like that meme where it's just like, you know, she's <laughs> making that weird sound. He said that's me like every day trying to talk to him about photography. <laughs> I was very intrigued about, oh my God, I want to talk on this podcast because yeah. I, it would give me an opportunity to get this out of my system when nobody else wants to hear yeah, it. Yeah, that's Dude, how that's, we, I mean, that's, that's basically why we, why we started it. <laughs> <laughs> We get that for sure. I mean, my husband totally. nods in his head and yeah. he's like, okay, like, sure. And he, yeah. I'm like, how can you not care more? This is so <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you true. mean you don't understand why I need this camera? Like, yeah. <laughs> haven't you been listening? <laughs> yeah. Conversations we've had when I come home with cameras. Yeah. yeah. It's always Oops. just me coming home like a puppy. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's a good segue into, so what was it? So your husband had the point shoot. Right. And then so where did you cross into but I, mean, I know the Polaroid, but like where did it all consuming? Where did that part happen? I in hindsight now, I think that discovering film and of course, 
when I say discover, I've always known what film is, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had friends for years try to convince me to shoot film and I'm like, why would I ever do that? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, the only way, like in hindsight, I look at it and I'm like, it's very clear that for whatever reason, the night I brought home the Polaroid and took that first photo, it sort of latched onto me like a, the biggest special interest I've ever Mm -hmm. had. Mm -hmm. And I spent the following three weeks, every single night watching every single Polaroid, like specifically Polaroid documentary I could find on YouTube, learning about the history of Polaroid, the man yeah. who made it, yeah. all these different, just just every video on YouTube that's about the history of Polaroid, I watched that in the span of three weeks. Around the three-week mark, I ordered an SX-70 because I was like, well, damn, I want the real thing. <laughs> off yeah, the right, right, right. And the following week, I shot a roll of 35 millimeter color film because I had cameras. I just never touched them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the following week, I developed the color film in my bathroom, and I spent a few weeks developing my film in my bathroom, and I pretty much was sold on all the photos I was getting back. And in hindsight, I mean, God, they were they were flawed. You know, I was mm-hmm. they yeah. were not great. I mean, they're they're yeah. But I said to myself, I love everything about this. Yeah. I'm heavily burnt out on digital and just the way that I had been doing things and my editing process that was involved with my digital work and mm-hmm. how much effort it took to make them look how I wanted them to look. And uh, I said, fuck it. I'm just going to tell every client for the rest of the year that their session is going to be on film. And so every client I had from the summer to December uh, was full film. And everyone knew the disclaimer that I was just jumping into it full force. But everyone also knew, you know, I explained, you don't understand how much I'm studying this, how much time I'm spending at home to make sure I get this right for you. Um, And everyone sort of, they trust fault. They they let me do it. And I wanted to challenge myself because I knew that the only way I would get good at film fast is if I had no digital to fall back on. And if the faster I'm shooting, the faster I see mistakes. And with film, you don't make the same mistake twice, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And of course, for the weddings I was shooting last year, I was still shooting digital. That's not the same scenario as all my sessions. But my sessions were 100% film. And uh, I had the loved and cherished uh, X100V camera, you know? Oh, yeah. That Uh thing was my baby. Um, I I got it sometime during the pandemic, and I loved that thing. And as soon as I started, and I used to take it everywhere with me. Even the the, the dentist in Alabama used to make fun of me because he was (laughs) like, why do you always have that camera on you? And ever since I, I, I know started, that. I know that. I know, seriously. <laughs> um, ever since I started shooting film, I never, I would try to pick up the V and I just, yeah, I, yep. I didn't like the photos on it. And it's a great camera, don't get me wrong. I personally just, I, for the most part, just don't like shooting digital. I don't like yeah. looking at digital Isn't photos. That's so funny. Um, and so I, I painfully sold that because it was gathering, du- I finally sold it like right. Uh, Maybe about three or four months ago, because I was like, this is such a sought after camera. I want it to go yeah. to someone who's going to sure. use it. Yeah. It's such an yeah. amazing camera. And I felt sick to my stomach the day I sold it. Uh, because yeah. like, uh, It's so cherished. But it was the right decision because I literally just in my personal life, I also I just am not going to pick up a digital camera. It right. just doesn't hit the same. Right. Right. That's uh, it's so true because my I have a, I have a 
you know, my I call it my work camera because I only bring it to, to work. Yeah. I don't ever take it out for personal stuff ever. Traveling with the kiddo. Yeah. Just shooting for myself. Like, that's not what I, it's not what I, you know, it's not what it's I not want. It's not the same. No. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I shot a wedding about a year ago and I was like, I'm going to, I made a whole YouTube video. I'm going to shoot all these. I bought like a million rolls of film. I'm going to shoot a million rolls of film. I think I shot like four rolls or like, yeah, four <laughs> rolls of film. I know this story because I remember you saying this on another podcast. Yeah. That's funny. And oh. I was like, at the end, I was like, I want to know how they like, I need to like assist for somebody who just give them rolls and like help them roll. Like just so I can be like, how do you? How do you do it? I remember specifically listening to you say that when I was I was I was driving to Alabama. I was on a really long road trip, and I remember smiling to myself and thinking, "Damn, if only I could talk to her." I know. So go give it to me. Give it to me, please. I'm ready. Four. <laughs> so I guess for somebody who I learned on film, transitioned to digital when that was like what was happening in the world, or mm-hmm. the you know, and then I. Fell back into to film, but I never like I've only shot weddings with digital with like sprinkling in film here and there. And this past one, I wanted to like shoot more film than digital. I still fell back on the on the yeah. digital because I I think it comes down to like, I mean, for first of all, uh, context, like, you know, me, my what I offer people like in my branding and stuff like that, people know exactly what they're getting when they hire me for a mm-hmm. wedding. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if, if you, I don't know what your website or things like that look like, I haven't gone to it. But, you know, perhaps if you don't have a client that you've explicitly sat down and talked with, yeah, like I, I want to make film a big part of this. And like yeah. you both are on the same page about, you know, possible uh, things that could go wrong, things like that. It would be way more nerve wracking to show up to a wedding where you haven't had that conversation with them or that relationship. And yeah, then it might be nerve wracking to be like, "Uh, should I really be picking up the film camera? You know, like I can totally see how that would be nerve wracking. Um, And it's definitely been an adjustment for me too, just trusting myself little by little, the more weddings that go on, like even between like the wedding I shot this past weekend versus the wedding I shot this past January. I was confident in January and I did shoot a lot of film at the weddings that I had. But I remember specific instances where my intuition said, pick up this camera. Because, you know, I have like six cameras on me on a yeah, wedding. Yeah, that's the other question. How many yeah, cameras? my intuition is like, pick up this camera. But I there's still ways that I did not trust myself, right. you know, until I got to a certain point where... Then you get home and you look at the digital images and you're like, damn, why did I not do that on film instead? Right, right. And whereas my weddings now, it's just a full intuitive, like I know what camera I should use for what shot and right. I trust myself completely to A, if if I pick up this camera to take this certain shot, I trust myself that the shot's going to come out. But mm. B, I've already had so many conversations with the client Mm. I've never had anything go wrong with my film. I've never lost a shot. I've never lost, you know, anything like that. Mm -hmm. But we've talked prior about, hey, sometimes I might be in this situation where I don't have time to to do digital and film for a certain scene. Yeah. And but the scene might call for film over digital based off of what I think the light's doing and things Mm. like that. You know, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you want me to trust my intuition or do you want the safety net of digital? Interesting. All of my clients choose film every time. Wow. So that sort of just gives me permission, you know, to, yeah. to 
pick up the film camera instead of the digital camera. So do you still bring the digital or no? Yes. I've had two, yeah, two full film weddings this year, which was specifically requested. But my standard, standard weddings, like what everyone else books is pretty much about, am I doing the math right? I'm bad at math. I think it's 60% digital, 40% film. Okay. At a regular wedding that someone will book me for, if it's like six to eight hours, I'll shoot anywhere from 10 to 15 rolls. It just depends on how, like that's what's included mm. in yeah. hiring. Okay. Because I always want to shoot as much film as I can. Yeah. I've found that for a lot of couples who want full film, they opt to just do my standard offering because even if they want full film, their parents that are helping them pay who grew up with film mm. and don't see it as reliable anymore, mm. they'll say, well, we're not going to pay for the wedding if she doesn't also do digital. What? Wow. So I have a wow. lot of clients who want to take the plunge for full film, but yeah. they feel like they can't. Um, but I honestly, you know, as much as I love doing full film weddings and I have two of them next year, I don't feel, you know, there is a time and place for digital you know sure, if, if sure, i'm gonna have to sure. have all of it then it's not like i'm like oh fuck this you know yeah yeah well i don't i don't post or love or showcase you know my digital images anymore right, unless one right. is really stand out yeah. you know but yeah i i think that if you have an explicit conversation with the person you're shooting for you know weeks beforehand it can give you the push you need that they trust you. So you should trust you, you know? My other question is, do you have somebody assisting you to help you with the film? I do now, but not in the way I hear other people describe. Like I, a lot of my friends say that they have people like assisting with, um, you know, loading roles and changing yeah. roles. I can't personally, I'm like, I don't see how that would be efficient if everything's already on me and like, sure. So are they going to come up to my body and like, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, I just, what my assistants do is they basically, they're my shadow and they follow everywhere I go carrying my bags for me and like okay. my water. Yeah. Um, there might be something I can't carry in my fanny pack that I have and I'm like, oh, need a new battery. Oh, right. Okay. So they're not like changing rules for me and stuff, but they are pretty much my shadow to like give me an extra set of hands. That's helpful though. I feel like in, in, even if I had that at my wedding, it, w- it would be helpful because I, one of the reasons why I kept going toward the digital is because I didn't have to like worry about oh, the rolls up. Like, you know, I would change, train, train to, yeah, like change the role when I could. So I wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like my focus because of that, because I didn't want to miss anything really. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It, it's definitely stressful, but it's worth it to me, you know? Totally. I haven't had it backfire yet. But I also think that's because I went so hard in the beginning. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be a photographer that offers a film add-on. I'm going to switch to film. Yeah. And I, I wow. should also... That people will let me, you know? Yeah. I should also say I was I was pretty proud that I actually shot four rolls. No, that's so. awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's more than a lot of... <laughs> no, when I look back, I'm like, oh, there is a lot of a f- no, this yeah. on film, that's, you know? That's what, like, say, like 150 shots or something yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you shooting? Are you shooting a lot of medium format, or is it thirty-five? What what what's your I, dominant like film camera? I just started shooting me- medium format at the end oh, of this. Oh, okay. I got a Rolly Cord, which is fucking obsessed with it. I'm yeah. actually yeah. Yep. we're going out of town for Thanksgiving, and I'm challenging myself to only bring the Rolly because, like, usually yeah. when we go out of town, I bring like at least four different film cameras. <laughs> 
I know all about that. You yeah, know? we yeah. never heard of that before. <laughs> so I actually just got into medium format, and I'm. I also got a uh, what is it? Pentax something. I don't remember which one it is. Six or five? Probably. It sounds familiar. I shot a few rolls through it, and I just there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't. It doesn't hit me the same that my yeah. rolly does. Mm-hmm. And so I, I loved the rolly so much that I got a tattoo of it. Yeah. I got it. But so cool. yeah, my, my work cameras, my workhorse camera for my sessions and weddings is the Canon 1V. Um, it was mm. the first film camera I got last year. Once I got the SX70, I was like, all right, time to graduate from this AE1. Like, I want something that will work with all my Canon lenses. Yep. Give me more flexibility for shooting fast. Yeah. Mm. So the Canon 1V is my workhorse camera. All my sessions are photographed on it. I bring the Rolly with me to every wedding now. Um, I have my Olympus stylus, mine, not Jordan's. I was like, is you stealing your hubbies or what? (laughs) I forget which kind his is, but mine is the like the little tiny stylus. Yeah. 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 Don't remember what model. It's the one that always has the beautiful ring around the photos. I'm obsessed with it. But mm. and then I always have my Polaroid 600 with me and my Polaroid SX70. But it's hit or miss if I'm able to use the SX70. It just depends on so many factors, yeah. right? And I have the sonar as well. But I've gone through three sonars, and all three of them have had unfortunate problems that I'm like, well, shit, I just might as well shoot with the manual focus. Yeah. And then I always have a backup film camera in my bag. Um, And what am I missing? I think that's all I bring with me on wedding days and like sessions for film cameras. Yeah. What's your digital? Uh, For digital, I have Canon R5 and a Canon R6 and a Fujifilm X-H2. Yeah. Yeah. So the the lenses with the adapter. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I bought the Fuji film because I missed my V so much. Hmm. And I thought, oh, maybe I did make a mistake. <laughs> and I was like, well, if I'm going to go back to Fuji and X100V is the retail, I mean, the, the market value for resale now, you know, they're $2,000. I was like, Crazy. I might as well buy a brand new Fuji film. That's why I got the X-H2 and turns out I don't touch it either. And it's an oh. amazing camera, <laughs> but I'm not going to sell it because you know what? I know that one day, yeah. one day I yep. might not be able to afford as much film and then I'm going to reach for that. Mm. And so I keep That's it. smart. That's yeah, smart. I'm not going to sell it. <laughs> wow. Do you ever get into any of like the flash bars with the SX-70? Because I've been looking into getting have, one recently. I have a story about that. Yes, I do. And um. I got like really badly shocked by it. I'm not going to say because I don't want to get sued. But (laughs) it it happened at a session like with client. It not only shocked me really badly, but it ruined my. Oh, uh, no. um, It ruined the one I had that day because it like it did something. It it was sonar. um, So I think it did something with. Oh, no. And like the the. it won't do anything anymore. Mm. Um, so I bought a new flash from the same company because I was like, maybe I just got, you know, a dud or something. Yeah, wonky. Yeah. So far, so good. But I also don't reach for it that often because I'm honestly a little traumatized by the yeah. shock. <laughs> I like, would be too. Yeah. I've been reaching for my 600 way more because it's never shocked me. <laughs> yeah. SX-70 definitely shines and, you know, direct beautiful sunlight you know so i try to 
bring it out when I don't necessarily feel like I would need a flash, you know, but I do have the flash with me. It's just, I literally feel scared every time I hook it up. Ooh, <laughs> trauma. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, flash, help, you know, the shots I've gotten with the flash. I mean, God, it's fucking amazing. It makes yeah. you perfect, you know, when you're lacking the light. So, wow. I've just been looking at them and it, it's, it comes back around. You know, it's one of those things that's always in my cart. And I'm like, do I, do I pull the trigger this time? Because it's I mean, true. I don't get it. Yeah, I, yeah it you're really right. It really does, like, right. it helps so much. You're talking about, like, the rechargeable kind? Like, the, like mine the mint? Is like, mine takes, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> mine mint. Takes, uh, mint. <laughs> mine takes a little, I think it's AAA batteries, yeah. I think is what it yep. is. So, yeah. Yeah. They look cool. They look like they're worth it. Yeah, yeah, they also fall off really easily, though, which is kind of annoying. But yeah, that that little, yeah, yeah. All right, maybe I will get one then. Why not? <laughs> you Why deserve not? it. You deserve it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with listener question for Allie right after this message from our sponsor. Just wanted to pop in here quick and let you guys know about our Patreon-only Developing Hang Nights. Now, we've done a bunch of these already. They're a ton of fun. We develop some film. We talk shop. We also try to get a former guest for these things. They're a ton of fun. We have a blast. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Patreon is the best way to support the show. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Taylor Flanagan, film underscore noob. They wanted to know, have you ever had a role get ruined after shooting a wedding? How did you handle it? It's a good one. Good question. It's a good question. It's a valid question. Um, (laughs) I personally have not had that happen. And I definitely credit that to how vigorously hard I worked the first six months from the moment I jumped into film and realizing I wanted to make it a a full part of my work. Mm. I shot through so much film on so many different cameras, you know, down to developing at home, even when it was a huge Mm. ass. I watched so many hours of YouTube videos and like fucking courses on all these random websites. Like I wanted to have the peace of mind that when I go into this relying either fully on film for certain gigs or heavily on film, I wanted to have the peace of mind that if something happened, it's truly just going to be a freak accident Mm, versus user error. Because the thing about losing roles is that 99% of the time it is user error. Even if, you know, when I have, I have lost roles, but not at weddings and roles that I lost was very, or were very early in my like film journey, like, you know, learning things with different cameras and, oh, this one loads differently than this one and things like that. Um, And I have a a story as well with that, that when I shot the full film wedding a few months ago, and um, you can find this post pinned on my Instagram as well, because I put the story on there with the photo. But it was a full film wedding and they were very specific that they did not want any digital photos. And uh, so at some point during the reception that night, it, this random ass severe thunderstorm hit literally out of nowhere. Oh, hey. um, mm. It was there were the next day. There were so many downed trees all through town. Like it was straight. Wow. And the door to the reception kept flying open. And so I guess my clients, they said, fuck it. And they ran outside in the rain. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I'm going to follow them. And because it all happened so fast. I didn't have all of my cameras on me. You know, I had set my cameras down. They were yeah. they were on top of 
my bag and the cushions on the other side of the room. I only had my little Olympus point and shoot around my neck. So I instinctively ran after them because I was like, this is happening right now. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta get this. I took three photos of them just doing their thing in the rain. And when I went to take the fourth photo, I realized, oh my God, my role's empty. And I was like, shit, I don't have time to run inside, get another camera <laughs> or scrolls. <laughs> Um, and so I just, I was like, all right, guys, like, you know, I got it. And th they stayed outside and stuff. And I got those, that film back, three best photos of the entire night. Mm. Wow. And it fully, you know, they were outside dancing in the rain for probably 15 minutes. Those three photos perfectly encompass everything that happened in that 15 wow. minutes, even though those wow. photos were taken in the span of 60 seconds. Yeah. Wow. You know, I think there's this fear, especially, you know, what if I lose it? If I, what if I do lose a role at a wedding? Yeah. What if I do get frames come back so wonky that they can't be saved? Yeah. And my answer now is who cares? Because <laughs> yep. I, you know, I, you, you go try to do history on, um, look up the history of great, well-known wedding photographers. You only find modern people for the most part, people mm -hmm. who are still actively doing it. They, I tried so hard over the past few months, like digging deeper into the history of wedding wow, photography. Interesting. Yeah. You can't wow. hardly find anybody. Mm. And I say that to say that I think, you know, when I first started doing this, even when I was still doing it last year, there's this mindset of, I'm so proud of the fact that I'm going to get everything for my client. Right. And now my mindset has sort of shifted. They, tr whatever they don't get, they're not going to miss. Like, right. I'm True. going to get everything in the in the context in which it, it's happening. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, totally. I might not get, I might not have gotten that moment in the rain when Ryan kissed Kyla on her forehead. But does the three photos I still got completely encompass that experience for them? Yes. Yeah. Like. Man. It fully tells the story of that entire 20 or 15. And they probably didn't even realize you followed them, you know? No, like that that was completely candid in the moment. They yeah, didn't yeah. need to come outside. I just right. instinctively knew to follow. I didn't think about how much film I had left or, oh, should I only have my point and shoot on me? Right. And if I would have overthought it, overthink it, overthought it. <laughs> I would have probably missed some of the key moments. Yeah. If I would have said, oh, wait, let me at least go grab my SLR or let me at least right. go this, the photos probably wouldn't have come out the same. So all that to say, no, I haven't lost a role, but if I lost something, if I missed something, I'm not pressed about it because the type of clients that I work with, they trust me to, to I'm not getting everything and they love that. But yeah, at this yeah, time, yeah. I am getting everything. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? There's yeah, no totally. totally. There's no key moments they're asking right. for. They're not going to miss every single micro conversation sure. they have with somebody if sure. it, it's not in the wedding gallery. Right. You know, which is definitely a complete flip from how I approached things. Even at this time last year, I was still mm -hmm. the mindset of got to get everything though. And now I'm right. like, I have to get everything, right. you know? Mm. That's a good mindset for all wedding photographers, I feel mm -hmm. like, to you'll get what's important. You know, yeah. you're not, you don't need to like write it all down and check it all off. And, mm -hmm. and I trust yeah. my cameras too. Like obviously freak things can happen. They've happened to me outside of weddings, but most of the time it really is user error. And the thing about film is that once you make a mistake one time, you're probably not going to make it again because it's yep. so expensive. It's so devastating to lose yep. a shot. Yep. You know? 
So always that's a good answer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Plus, if you're shooting, you're shooting enough. Like, if you didn't get it on the Hasselblad, mm-hmm. you have it on your 35. Like, you're not. That's how we, we shoot. We don't shoot don't like care that those shots were on the point and shoot. And guess right. what? I still printed them, and they printed beautifully. They're here on my desk. Let me see. Aww. This is the photo I got, and it's you know it's a little out of focus. It's it, but you in the real shot you can see the rain pouring down, but it's Kyla just laughing. Oh yeah, Aww. that's great. In the middle of the street, she's laughing at Ryan because he was like across the street, like making her laugh. But in the, in the real life, you know, you can see the rain pouring down, and you can see yeah. he's in that moment. And I would have missed that if I thought, well, because of this light, my point and shoot might not might not catch this moment you know i just thought and didn't think about it yep wow and i think that that mindset can pay off when you have that open communication with your clients in the weeks prior about expectations because of course there's gonna be clients out there who would be like what the fuck give me my money back yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, i don't work with those types of right yeah that's great that's good advice yeah totally great question totally great answer thank you taylor appreciate it yeah, All don't right. be scared. Really, don't be, don't be scared. <laughs> don't be scared. If you know your shit, you have nothing to be scared of. Totally. Amen. All right. So the two-part camera question that we end every show with. Yeah. Part one. <laughs> part one is the Desert Island camera. What is, you know, what's the one camera you cannot live without? Uh, what's it going to be and why? It's definitely the roller cord now. Ah. And I... I definitely don't think it's like because of the square format, for example, or like because it's this or that, because I actually, it doesn't have a light meter, at least the one that I have. It's from mm, yeah. Breeze. But I recently bought a, I don't know how to say it. I'm bad at pronouncing things, a Yashica, you know? Yeah, yep. um, that's it, how I say it. Nate, it looks nailed very it. similar, <laughs> but it's a, it's a little bit, you know, came a little bit later. It has a light meter. I bought it because it has a white meter and I was like, well, this is more efficient for wedding days instead of having yeah. a meter on my phone. The shots I've gotten back from it are, are fine, but they're they're not the same as the Rolly. Mm. I don't know if it's interesting. Cool, the, Rolly, just how the lens might be. Um, and I also know that the, the Sheikah is supposedly on paper, you know, better than the Rolly cord. Because, you know, the Rolly Cord is the, the cheaper alternative to the Rolly Flex. Still great, great cameras. Yeah, there's just yeah. something about the photos I get back from my Rolly. And, and also just everything about the way it shoots, the actual experience I have while I'm shooting that specific camera. I just love it. And that's why I'm challenging myself when we go out of town in a few days to visit my grandparents. I was like, you know what? I always bring four or five film cameras. Mm-hmm. I always I'm like, I gotta have 35, gotta have Polaroid, yep. gotta have point and shoot for flash, you know? <laughs> I'm like, what would this trip look like if I bring only my Rolly and only medium format? It's gonna, it's gonna feel great just to to you're not gonna be yeah you're not gonna be held back. You're just gonna like so we'll see. But I'm hopeful. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, part two. Part two is the white whale camera. Is there anything you know? You're you're hitting eBay up. You're looking on Craigslist. Is Craigslist even around anymore? It oh is. yeah. Facebook Marketplace, all those. What what are you lusting after at Offer the moment? Up. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like I have every camera I want um, mm. because I went so hard in the last year, <laughs> not just cycling through finding, oh, which ones do I actually like? Okay, I'm going to sell this one, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I have so many of the ones I want now that my answer is definitely peel apart films. Which oh, I know that when <laughs> it expired and you can find a way to shoot it, I know that. But I'm salty that I never got the chance to shoot it yeah. when 
nine dollars a box <laughs> wasn't expired i love the show mad men and it's been it's funny i started mm-hmm. watching mad men the same time that i started shooting film last year and there's a few different scenes in the show where they're shooting on you know one of the original polaroids and it's pull apart film and every time i freak out i'm like jordan look at that they're just <laughs> <laughs> pulling apart the film and like I know that I could experience that. I have friends who have found a way to shoot it. I've looked at the prices of pull apart film and I'm like, I just, I just don't know if it's going to come out, you know, super expired and unpredictable. Um, Perhaps black and white could be cooler than I'm a color person. Personally, I don't shoot a whole lot of black and white, but I, I'm more so I'm like envious of the time when it existed. And I wish that I could go back to when it was a thing and actually shoot it as it was intended to be used. But it, it truly, as someone who spends way too, mon- too much money on film and cameras and the gear and stuff, it's expensive to, totally. to get a roll of, of the expired stuff. It's like, I just don't know, you know? No. I feel like it's, it's. I'm telling you, it is one of the best experiences of my life shooting that film. I believe I you. If, yeah. you can, if you can find something that's reliable and even one of like the, you know, you can find like a peel apart yeah. camera, like a 100 or 400 yeah, at yeah, any yeah. thrift yeah, shop yeah. for like 20, 25 bucks. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So, you know, Spend... I have that part covered. But... Next time you see Brooklyn film camera, you know, put a box, put some boxes yeah, I'm on. I'm always so tempted when they do that drop. And I'm just like, it's, I don't it's know. It's worth it. It's worth yeah. 100 bucks to just experience it one just time. One time. It, it's It's worth it. I mean, it literally I have binders of that because, I mean, like Chris just said, when it was like seven and ten dollars, yeah. the color film was seven so bucks, cheap. the black so and white cheap. was ten. I would just use I mean, that's what I was walking yeah. around shooting for a while. Yeah. And I just felt so in love with it. It's worth it's worth it. It's worth a hundred. I'm sure I'll do it eventually. Yes. Yes. And that, that's the other thing, too. Uh, everyone talks about how expensive film is and I believe you and I I too think it's expensive but since I only started shooting it last year I'm oh, sort of like yeah. I'm lucky yeah. I'm not like oh but it, it used to be cheaper four years ago yeah I don't know how much it cost three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> or to 400 is 79.99 for five yeah. you yeah, know I don't is. I'm like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> it is. We, and that's another thing we say on the show all the time. Chris sure. always is like, if it's, it's like putting gas in your car, like it's something that is ine- inevitable. Like you, yeah. need, it's I just need a part it. of my life now. Even yep. if another client never hired me again, yep. I'm never shooting anything but film in my personal life unless right. for some reason it literally goes away, you know? So it's just part of my budget. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that answer, though. I, we've never had anybody say, like, well, I want to go back in time for this a- this answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the people that you interview that they're like, my grandfather gave me their, my camera when I was five years old, and I've yeah. filmed ever since. And I'm like, I'm going to experience that. I like yeah. That's great, photography, though. Like- and um, I wish that I could have, you know, I don't know. I just, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I wanted to say this in the beginning, like, I feel like photography was meant to find you regardless of whatever way it came to you. I feel like that about me too. It's like, I I say, you know, it, it's still one constant in my life. It's it's yeah. always been what I love and my passion. So to, to talk to you and, and hear how fired up you are about it is like super inspiring. Oh, I'm just in general. right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, I, like we, we said before, like the reason why we love doing the show is to talk to people who also love it as much as us. So this has been great. Thank you. My student, Kyla, that did the full film wedding, she left me a review a few weeks ago. And it's like, I want to frame it because she simply said, 
you can tell that film was made for Allie and Aww. he was made for it. Yes, like, that's how I feel too. That's how I feel about yeah. it, even though it's my relationship with film is, I guess, now like a year and a half old. But it feels like I've been shooting film my whole life and it's crazy because I haven't even been a photographer for that long, period. Yeah. You know? And it's just, it's like, wow, I'm... I'm good at something, so I go all in. I've mm, never been good yeah. at anything, you know, wow, until man. this. And I make us cry over here, <laughs> Allie. Yeah, it's such a great <laughs> I just story. Love oh. Even if nobody ever hires me ever again, yeah, I didn't do it for money in the beginning. You know, yeah. I was doing yeah. it because I was like, oh my god, my pets. You know, right? Mm. Landscape, the sunset, right. the that's so, wild. Good for you mm. for turning it into a career, and, and also, it's that you are just inspired by the other side of it too. Yeah, great. Thank you. This has been a, an absolute pleasure. Anytime we can talk to somebody who's as passionate about this stuff as we are, it's like, this is a reminder of why we do the show. Just know um, I'll be listening to you all day on Friday. <laughs> I'm going to make Jordan listen to on the 10-hour drive. Nice. I still have so many of your episodes that I haven't gotten to because I saved them for long drives. Um, oh, wow. I would say I'm probably maybe about 40% through your catalog. Damn. Like it's Wow taking me some time but it's because i'm saving it for when i go on really long drives because it's like a treat i love that thank you so much we appreciate that yeah so i'll be listening on friday to whatever looks interesting when i'm scrolling <laughs> i love yeah. it what am i gonna listen to next <laughs> well ali thank you so much um where so this is the part where we want you to plug yourself where can they find your instagram website where how Favorite can they book part. you no I'm just <laughs> yeah <laughs> well my instagram name is richmond photographer very easy to remember and my website is alihansonphoto.com and then i shoot a shit ton of personal work so it's ali bamian is my other instagram it's a-l-y-b-a-m-i-a-n it did i get that right I don't know, but you'll find it when you search it. <laughs> I might have just um, gotten that mixed up. but We'll link it too, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Timothy, where are you? Guys, Instagram, threads, YouTube, at Timothy Makeups. You'll find a bunch of my stuff all over the internet. Also, I just paid for another year of Squarespace, so might as well plug that. <laughs> TimothyMakeups.com. I really have plans to like renovate the whole thing. I have a whole big draft mm -hmm. that I've spent days upon days I just need to pull the trigger and 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 get hey, it get it up it. again. Just yeah, I know, I know, I know. It. That's a whole another rabbit hole to fall down. Is like the website rabbit <laughs> yep, hole, yep, like rearranging yep. and mm -hmm. all that. It's overwhelming. It yeah. Is. Well, that's where you can find me, Chris. Where are you? So I am crispy photo on all of the things as well. Analog talk podcast on Instagram and yeah, that's I think that's everything for that's us. It. Right? We're not on. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Allie, thank you so much. This has been seriously mm. fantastic. Our cups of creativity are full. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and we appreciate you. So thank you. Thank Bye. you. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right. First off, Chris and I would love to thank Allie for coming on the show. Such a great conversation. Great getting to hear your story. We love what you're doing. It's it's so inspiring. And it's just always great having these conversations with like-minded people like we discussed in the episode. Allie, you're killing it. We love what you're doing. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk for only a buck. You can get the show two days early. We also have our Patreon only develop and hang nights over there. 
there, a bunch of stuff in the archives, and like we always say, Patreon is the best way to support the show. For all the patrons who already support the show, guys, we do not know what we would do without you. We 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 greatly and truly appreciate each and every one of you. All right, so that's it for this episode. Only a couple episodes left until our Christmas episode or our year wrap-up episode. Such a good year, such great conversations being had. We appreciate all you guys for listening, and until next week, we will see you with an all-new episode. Take care, guys. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.